All right. Welcome back to Misery Point Radio. Good to have you back. You know, I was feeling a little nostalgic recently. And as I was cruising through the Book of Faces one day, I saw some videos of this amazing band that I had the opportunity to interview back in March of this year. And this band is called Harder Than Contra. And they are quickly becoming one of my favorite bands ever. Mostly because they have a completely unique and original concept. See, they play awesome hard rock slash orchestral renditions of classic video game music. And those of you that know me know that I have been involved in the oh video game industry for quite some time in a retail capacity and as a fan. And so their music really, really, really hits home with me. And I just can't seem to get these songs out of my head. So as I'm watching some of these videos online from these guys, I was telling myself, you know, I really need to revisit this episode because it is one of my favorites. And while I have it slated to do a follow-up with them when their new album is out, I figured, why wait until the album is finished? Why not just give people a chance to hear the episode who may not have heard it last time around? And I promise you, it is a super fun, super awesome episode. Ethan and Pat are amazing, as is the rest of the band, of course, who sadly weren't there at the time of the interview. But nonetheless, it was a fantastic time, and I remember it very fondly. (laughs) And as a side note, after the interview is over, I got stuck in a snowstorm (laughs) on the way back home in March, which was fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, so for about three hours, I got stuck in the snow. And uh, it's worth noting that on the way there, the weather was perfectly clear. So over the course of the two or so hours that I got to hang out with these guys, the powers that be decided, eh, we're going to punish you a little bit for your prior life transgressions. But it was worth it. So, I hope that you don't mind me uh, cross-posting this. And even if you do mind, it doesn't matter. It's my goddamn show. So, please enjoy this blast from the the on-the-edge past. So, are you ready for some old-school awesomeness? I think you are. Here we go. I'm here with uh, Harder Than Contra in their super secret Nobody Can Know the Location studio. The layer. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, no, well, thanks, thanks for having me because oh, I'm yeah. invading your space yeah, today. Welcome. So, yeah, welcome. Because we're lazy. First time ever <laughs> I've gone on location to actually do the podcast. So uh, you guys are breaking my my travel cherry, and I appreciate it. All right. <laughs> so It tastes so good. <laughs> so... Uh, I could introduce you, but it's funner if you introduce yourself. So uh, tell us who you are. Uh, my name is Ethan Bott. Uh, play co-lead guitar. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I'm Patrick. I uh, play the co-shred line guitar in the band, and 
Yeah, that's me. So we were supposed to have some more peeps here today. Sadly, there was some uh, some life events that uh, prohibited <clears throat> others from joining in. But um, how many in your band? Like you said, ten. We got ten. Yeah. We got. Uh, I guess I can list them off. We got uh, on drums. We got Will. Yeah. Will Andrews. Um, and on. Who you've uh, probably heard. Yeah, he's uh, he's in a band called uh, Ten Miles Wide. A uh, really great band. And then we got uh, we got Vinny Christ and Sarah um, on uh, clarinet for Sarah. And we got a uh, trombone for Vinny. Uh, Eli's on trumpet. Uh, we got Eric on bass. And he's in a band called uh, Headswell. He plays guitar and, and sings in Headswell. And then we've got, who am I forgetting? Jansen on uh, a tenor sax. We've got uh, uh, James Miles on barry sax. And, and alto. And alto, yeah. I got Brian. Brian was originally playing like five instruments, and then it just kind of became clarinet, clarinet bass, bass clarinet. clarinet. But he was originally playing oboe but uh, as well. <laughs> this uh, is amazing to me, by the way. Just yeah. The, the idea of, uh, I think the big thing was the idea of bringing his oboe to like downtown Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> on a, on a. Shady night. Yeah, oboes are like twenty million dollars. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. if you lose your oboe, you're I think, fucked. Yeah. I think the clarinet just kind of worked better. <laughs> yeah, clarinet. So. It's easier to to get through and everything. Right. But yeah. yeah, I mean, his That's clarinets cool. aren't cheap. But then his his oboe. I mean, he does take his bass clarinet. Actually, now I think about it, Sarah, I think plays the most instruments in the band right now. She yeah, plays Sarah recorder, plays clarinet, recorder, pic- piccolo, piccolo. Yeah, um, and she's subbing in Barry Sachs in another band. <laughs> she's amazing. Yeah, and uh, is that all of them? Are we do we forget anybody? I think that's uh, the whole bit. Man, somebody's gonna be mad at us. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, that's that's something I'm famous for is I'll that say the last right. name of one person and then just like go. Well, if I'm, you forget somebody, then you can just send me it and I'll, I'll <laughs> add it in there magically. Transcribe in a different voice. We yeah. got. <laughs> and here's Steve. We also have Kyle. Yeah. yeah. I'll just pretend to be Big that person. Big shout out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess it, it's good to mention too, um, Ethan does all the arranging for the guitar side, rock band side of the music. Uh, and Vinny does all the arranging for the horns. Um, yeah. So that. One person doesn't have to arrange ten. Yeah, that's that. ten parts. Yeah, so the concept for your band is d- astounding to me. So basically, harder than Contra, which we'll talk about that name in a minute because I love it. <laughs> um, and by the way, I'm wearing my old school Splatterhouse T-shirt. In case you yeah, guys yeah, didn't know tur- that. Turbo so. graphics, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, harder than Contra does this crazy amalgam of orchestral hard rock covers of old school video game music. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty Um, pretty dead on. Yeah. And so the number of people in your band, I I would assume that based off what the source material is, it would be difficult to do without a large number of people in the band. I mean, you could just do a drum, bass, guitar, vocal cover or, you know, whatever, and, and make it like, you know, metal or whatever. But, you know, having that full arrangement is epic so tell us how you guys got started on that well actually um we started just ethan and i were learning these tunes just as practice because they're stupidly hard to play on a guitar so we would just kind of go hang out for a weekend and be like hey let's see if we can play the clock tower theme from uh, castlevania 3 and you know sit and practice for out and you know work on it and then get it done and then be like cool we did it and then uh years later uh, after we kind of learned a bunch of these songs, it got out and almost everybody in the band is associated through a similar work. Okay. We're all either 
uh, guitar teacher or, you know, all the teachers or repair techs and almost all of us in one way or another work, uh, for Bill Canelli of the, the Canelli Keys music stores in town. Okay. And, um, so we all, it was all kind of like this network of people and it just, we knew that we didn't want to have keyboards. That was like the only thing. It's, oh, is there no, no keyboard in your band? There's no yeah, keyboards. No key- no, because, nothing against keyboards, yeah. by the way. <laughs> we just wanted to make sure that anything that we play has to be played. Yeah. So yeah, yeah keyboard players, you heard it here first. <laughs> I mean, keyboard players are amazing and can do a lot of great stuff, but... When you see a keyboard up there that is capable of playing the entire song on its own, this is true. I'm like, I want to make sure that there's not even a doubt. So no, no when, samples. Yeah, no, no samples. So when you hear us playing something, we're playing it. Right. Yeah. And um, the idea of us performing this initially was never more than let's just go in and record backing tracks and play to it. Right. And then yeah. it just kind of got as out. a practice mechanism, totally. just to kind of build your chops up or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then people got wind of it and they're like. Hey man, uh, I hear you're playing video game music. Can, can I play? <laughs> I want to play. <laughs> can yeah. I be in your band? Yeah, yeah. The next thing you know, we're like, yeah, sure. Whole neighborhoods in your band all yeah, of a sudden. Like, Crap. Oh yeah. People. Well, it was funny. There's a there's a a couple members. You know, Pat and, and I uh, definitely grew up playing. You know, uh, Ninja Gaiden, Mega Man, Zelda, stuff like that. But there was Great a couple drum. people who were who were like. Uh, not necessarily video game fanatics, just ex- excellent musicians. And, you know, when they got, when they heard the tunes, they're like, these songs are legitimately awesome. Right. The, the, they assume that there's kind of a kitsch element to it. Sure. It's video game music. But uh, the stuff from like, you know, Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy, they're legitimate compositions. Right. And that's, that was kind of what I, I was kind of hoping is to to show off that these songs are, they stand on their own and it's just, they just happen to be in video games. Yeah, so um, how how does the process go where you basically say, okay, I want to I want to learn this part from say Legend of Zelda? Do you do you literally rework the whole thing, or are you just kind of going note for note, yeah. or is there some interpretation? There's in it? there's not one way. Uh, it kind of depends. Uh, some songs uh, are really sparse, so we end up adding a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Vinny's excellent at that, by the way. Like. If you look at a lot of the old uh, 8-bit Nintendo stuff, they're, it's not actually capable of doing a lot of tracks because of whatever chip they're using on the sure. Nintendo. I think it only has what, – what's it capable of doing, like f- two tracks, four I tracks? I think you can you can only make like four or eight sounds at a time or something like that. It's I, very I, limited I think to it's the even number. Less than, yeah, yeah, it's like maybe even two. So there's a there, at first there was a lot of doubling where like I'd play you know harmony number one and then Pat would be playing party harmony number two and then we would just have somebody else in the band doubling it and then somebody playing the bass and then somebody doubling the bass, but Vinny got creative and started adding in counter melodies and so you'd hear like you know it, it, I was as surprised as anybody sometimes when we'd be playing and I I hear like a new melody on the clarinet like what the heck is that yeah <laughs> and, stop everything that was great and then. <laughs> We started uh, elaborating, so sometimes instead of playing a unison, we'd start doing harmonies, and uh, um, the solos, we'd always kind of write our own solos, you know, um, and in some cases, we'd, we'd take liberties, and we didn't think anybody would notice, but every once in a while, somebody's like, you know, you changed the arpeggio part from this song, and it's like, well, oh, shoot, I didn't think anybody would notice. Yeah, you think anybody <laughs> would notice that, right? Yeah, and... We, the, the, the one rule we try to do is we try not to take any shortcuts, Uh uh, not to toot our own horns, but uh, uh, so to speak. Uh, but we <laughs> <laughs> trying to avoid the, the, the no pun intended thing. But uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, but like we we tried intentionally not to dumb anything down because mm-hmm. you know we try to have a certain amount of respect for the parts. It's, and it, it gets hard sometimes. Like we play this uh, tune from Ninja Gun Two, 
where I was working on the arpeggio part for like 15 years. Um, I've just been doing it for a long time. It's like an exercise. And uh, when I heard our clarinetist, Brian, he saw the sheet music and just played it like it was no big deal to him. I had to kind of buckle down and, and learn a new fingering for it so I could play in unison with him. Right. But we, tr- we try not to take any shortcuts. We'll, we'll, we might uh, um, embellish something to make, a, to make it a little bit more interesting or to not have it repeat so much. But we try not to take any shortcuts. So how did you know? So you went from initially this concept where you guys were just kind of dicking around for practice purposes. When did you have that aha moment where it was like all of a sudden, holy shit, this is a fucking band? Uh, I think when we had like we had like seven things down that he and I could play together. And we were like, that's a that's a show. Right. You know, and. Uh, so we were like, if we get together, like, you know, and they're pretty short. A lot of them, the old Nintendo ones are only like a minute and a half. Right. I'm like, if we could get like 30 minutes of this stuff down, it, it, it could easily be a band. Yeah. And that, I just remember the first time it was short. It The number of people came together so quickly. Like the word got out and it was just like, you know, okay, now we have 10 people. And uh, Will, <laughs> Will is like. The, the most insane drummer you can ever see in your life. And I remember uh, I worked with him and I was kind of like trying to think of a way to ask him to be in the band. And uh, I don't even remember how it came up. He was like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, cause he's so busy. He, he gets asked to be in every band that anybody ever has. And uh, the first day he, me and Ethan and uh, Will were jamming and we were just playing one song and I just like, I was like, oh, that's it. Like we're, it was just the Dark World theme from Zelda, from Link to the Past, yeah, exactly, and we're yeah. just playing it. I'm like, oh my god, these can, this can actually work. This can come together as a as an actual band. And then from there, it's just rehearsal, rehearsal, rehearsal. Well, yeah. what's crazy with Will is his his uh, recollection of the arrangements is astounding. And it's like, and it's not just the drum parts. Like you know, we'll be playing something, and he'll kind of make a face, and he'll be like. Uh, are you sure that's the note? And I'm like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Don't make more sheet music for us to write. Fret, no dual dot error that I yeah. just made. Yeah, yeah. We, we were playing Contra, uh, and when he joined, we we did a run through, and it was like he stopped. He's like, he's like, I don't think that's the right rhythm. And yeah, because we, like, we were starting this one run a sixteenth note early. Yeah, and, and he's just how like, dare you? Yeah, I know. And uh, he's like, it wasn't that we were starting earlier; is that we were adding a note. It wasn't there that started no. early. It's only seven notes long, and we were playing at eight, yeah, or whatever. It was and, just a, uh, it was just like, a oh, little tiny change, you know. <laughs> I'm like, whoa! And so he he likes to keep keep it at first really faithful, you know. Right. And so bringing that back home for a second, since you were you were doing that during contra, and and so the origin of your name, of course. Okay, so that that's kind of a funny thing. Um, uh, I, we just started spitballing. We had a list of like thirty or forty names, and, and they were going to be game related somehow. Yeah, sure. we, yeah. we had j- joke. Uh, like my my buddy Nevin was like, "How about Samus uh, Samus Hagar?" And I was like, <laughs> uh, "Or uh, uh, David Lee Sephiroth." I think we were trying nice. that one. Nice, Chocobo uh, Jackson. Chocobo Jackson. That was uh, a fun one. That one, uh, Eric really wanted that one. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, for briefly, I think I said Funky Dynamite, which is a boss from uh, from Ninja Gaiden 2. It's a deep cut. Yeah. Um, and Vinny was like, yeah, that, that'd be a good one. So we were doing that one for a little while, but a couple of people in the band were like, we're not a funk band. And I was like, all right. So That's fair. And I, I think I said, yeah, that's true. And I was like, well, uh, harder than Contra because a lot of the tunes were really difficult. Right. And uh, I think, was it Will who was just like, that's it's got to be yeah, it's got to be harder than Contra. Right? We got on the harder than 
train and we're like, well, Harder Than Ninja Gaiden doesn't really fit. Yeah, <laughs> Harder Than Battletoads and Harder Than Ninja Gaiden, I didn't think. Battletoads, yeah. yeah. Those uh, Harder Than Schools and Ghosts for the Super Nintendo, you know, yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So, <laughs> Harder hard. Than Contra. That's so, and, and the Harder Than harder than part is, was it in reference to the game itself or in reference to you learning the tunes for the game? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's uh, <laughs> Kind of both. Both. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the tunes, like, we'd sit there with, uh, with a lot of the Ninja Gaiden stuff and just be, like, having to play it. Like, especially like the first level from Ninja Gaiden, we'd sit there play it at like 60 beats per minute. Yeah. Trying to like get it to sound like the song. Slow and down the reel. Yeah. That's what we used to do back in the day. Yeah. Play it at yeah. half speed or something. Oh, man. It, it's it's crazy. The technology we got, it helps us out so much, though, because the the uh, the program that, that Ethan does our music in, we've all got on our computer. So we can just slow it down to whatever tempo we want. Right. And... For me, I just I, I'm here and I just put it through the speakers and <laughs> start it in like 40 beats per minute, right? And then 45 and 50, and then, and then all of a sudden it's 360 beats a minute. Yeah, and yeah. I get to the point where I'm like, yeah, Ethan, I think I got this tuned down. He's okay, so uh, yeah, so what uh, what BPM are you at? Oh, I'm at like 140. It's at 180. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Up it, the mountain I go. There's some, some soul-crushing moments. But uh, oddly enough, some of the songs end up just sounding better, a little bit slower. Sure. Like, uh, well, like Contra, for instance. Uh, um, we originally were trying to play it at game tempo. And we got we got there and we're like, you know, it sounds better if it grooves a little bit. So sometimes we'll back down a little bit, like 10, 15 BPM, just because it, it just sounds better. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of these things that they're using, um, it's MIDI playing them. So they can make the dur- note durations whatever they want. They don't have to take breaths, you know, for the woodwinds. Um, they don't have to do position shifts like on a guitar. Right. They don't have to change strings with a pick. So when we bump them down a little bit, some just honestly sound better. Well, it's, it kind of brings on a more organic feel to it as well. It's not, I mean, like playing to a click track versus just knowing your meter, yeah. right? I mean, it's you can definitely tell when something has been just so, uh, I don't know, put to the exact Quantized, point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean, you kind of want that little bit of variation once in a while. I do like watching people realize they fucked up somewhere in the middle and hoping nobody else caught it because they're like looking around <laughs> doing this number and they oh maybe i went a little slow and then all of a sudden they're, whoop, they're caught back up there like okay i'm back in so yeah. oddly enough the, the mistakes tend to happen in the easy ones right like uh, you know if we're playing like like zelda or something well like those that. are the ones that i practice the least because i'm sure. not stressed about it. i'm like oh okay i just i breezed through it on the first try so i'm like ah, that one's easy and i'm sitting there working for five hours on four notes right <laughs> and then the 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 performance comes like, okay, trying to play Zelda. I'm like, Zelda, well, that- which boss battle? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so the- clearly you guys are, I mean, accomplished musicians to the nth degree, but let's bring this back a little bit. I mean, you're old school game fans. You're not just gamers, right? You're really, your heart <laughs> seem to be with, I guess what you would call the retro outfits now. Yeah. You, you stay up to date on, on stuff. So you have like an Xbox. I've, I've got some of the newer stuff. I'm all, even all the new games that I play, they all are seated in old school stuff. Right. Like it's, it's series that, you know, like final fantasy that started back in whenever way back in the day. And, uh, but I'll still play no matter how bad they are, new final fantasy games. Yeah. Like <laughs> final know? fantasy 15. Oh, I played, I can I can, I played that for like 10 hours. And I was like, I have to get gas in a car. Yeah. And then I have to drive, but you can't drive at night. 
And there's a my entire job is just to go get stuff. There's a blonde haired hillbilly mechanic girl. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What's the point? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'll I'll try it. And uh, but yeah, I get the consoles because you know there's RPGs are all you can't really change an RPG that much. So the genre is just easy for me. But you put you put put me in a Halo map and I'm dead in like four seconds. Right. You know uh, that's um, actually a lot of fun. Is uh, we'll play. We'll try to play a four-player Halo, and and I, I have no sense of direction whatsoever. Right. So I get lost kind of immediately in Halo. So I spend the whole time screaming, where, where, where am are I? You guys? Where are you guys? Um, I want to go kill you. Like, I, can, you know, I can beat Ninja Gaiden basically on one life, but if I play Halo, it's like I, I'm, I'm lost and die right. on the yeah. first level. It, it, becomes, it becomes a game within itself of uh, if you get killed by Ethan – <laughs> then, shame on then, you. Yeah, you should not be playing games <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've been shamed. Well, so I always uh, joke about this, but um, I work at a place that you might say, stop for games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I, I'm thoroughly invested in the modern culture, but um, nostalgic towards the old school. Yeah. So um, every day people come in and they ask me for things like, do you guys have old Mega Man? I'm like,
have the anniversary collection on the <laughs> me too xbox one <laughs> you know um you know so stuff like that but they're they're you know the old saying of like what's old is new and what's new mm-hmm. is old in in game land that's definitely true yeah and for me on the old games they're I think what made it so that I could, like, sit up and play Final Fantasy VI for, like, three days, you know, it was that they're not perfect. The The graphics aren't super detailed, so your imagination has to stay involved with it. Right. You know, um, when you're playing, like, really, these new games are beautiful. They're incredible. But you you don't have to do anything other than steer. Right. Like, your brain doesn't have to connect with it. And... I think having the the limitation of just a couple buttons makes it so that the creators had to be a little more creative with functionality and what you can do. Probably why you could never jump in a damn game. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to go over there. No, you can't. You can't. Because you're a knight that is going to save the entire universe. But you can't jump. But that bush is only <laughs> six inches high. Now yeah. I can't go there. No, no, no. That's <laughs> clearly no, not that's for you. That's an invincible bush. <laughs> it's yeah. got a force field. Yeah, yeah I, think the, I think the limitations, uh, you know, definitely help with it. Um, and I, I, this is kind of a hard, hard thing to explain, but I think a lot of games, because they can do anything graphically, it seems like there, a lot of it is designed to try to make it look like reality. Right. So, you know, I, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not great with The Uncanny Valley is that phrase that they use where it approaches a sense of, is it almost too real? And now you're not feeling like you're involved in something artificial. Right. Yeah. Final Fantasy 15. We're going to have to get gas. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the company called a Quantic Dream, but they did like, um, you know, uh, Beyond Two Souls, Heavy Rain, Indigo oh, Prophecy. Oh, Heavy Rain. Yeah. I've played that game. Yeah. And fun. so, it's, I mean, Heavy Rain, I, I think I spent like 10 minutes getting that fat cop to shake his fucking inhaler before I could move <laughs> on with the rest of you know like dude come on I mean yeah. like I have an inhaler it takes 30 seconds I shouldn't have to go do a quick time event and shake this inhaler up and down and follow these on screen prompts and then he goes and I'm like that's it that's what I get out of that like, yeah I, he no should have had an asthma attack or something and flopped around on the ground and yeah. somebody should have saved him yeah. I, I tried to keep up for a little while um, but after a while it's like all the cutscenes and stuff like yeah. that in games it's just it's kind of started wearing on me and I, I didn't like it's funny like I say Halo but that's not even modern like for right. a lot of people they say oh that is retro gaming and well like, and then you know you look at the new Halos and, and the old school Halo fans they're they're not fans of those you know yeah. Halo 5 for instance no co-op <clears throat> there's a 5? no couch co-op for the first time ever in a Halo game no, <laughs> no co-op and people lost their shit they're like yeah how can you not have co-op in a Halo game? That's what Halo is all about, you yeah, know? right. Um, I remember playing Halo the first time, and I'm like, how is it you're steering these vehicles? Because this makes zero sense to me. <laughs> I mean, it's like this wheel's going this way, and that wheel's going that way, and I'm trying to control two different sticks to steer one way. Yeah. Whoever designed the Warthog. Five. Yeah. I, those, I didn't beat three. Yeah, Halo 5 <laughs> Guardians, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, uh, I've come to the conclusion, you know, following certain titles over the years that I mean it's impossible once it's like any nerdy thing Star Wars or Star Trek or anything new stuff is going to piss somebody off wait a minute because Star Wars is nerdy wait people get upset about Star Wars (laughs) no Star Wars is better than Star Trek come on man but the you know people get these like uh they almost do fan fiction in their head right. on what they think the perfect one is going to be. Exactly. And yeah. so when when it comes out... They're writing it, their own movie. Yeah, and know. it doesn't come out and meet their impossible expectations. They're like, the movie sucked. Right. It's just, yeah, it's just The, it's just the game sucked. You know, I play them all. I'll go... I'll, I've played every Final Fantasy sometimes, because I want to have an objective... And 12's become one of my favorite ones, right. you know? And you Except for that play. license board. 
Yeah. Oh, did you play the Zodiac one, the new one? I did. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool where it limited you. Right. It stressed me out to begin with. I'm like, I don't know if I have the time to play this game like four times. Remember that whole thing when that game first came out? If you opened up that one chest and you couldn't get that Spear of Destiny and you had already played the game for like 40 hours, and you're yeah. like, fuck you! Yeah, yeah. Starting over. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now there's RNG tricks you can do to just uh, mm. pop right open. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah, you know, talking about um, the evolution of the game industry, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you brought something up like getting through something with one life, you know, and yeah. it's... You have lives and you had levels or, you know, whatever. Maybe the games weren't tremendously long, but they they provided some kind of a, you know, some kind of a challenge. It's not like, a, you know, Call of Duty and I got through the campaign in three hours and then I spent 60 bucks on this game. And that's all there is for me because well, I don't do multiplayer. You and know, it right? never ends. Like, I, you know, I grew up thinking that I was the best Ninja Gaiden player on, in the universe. And right. then YouTube comes along and I see... Like, I'm like, oh, I can beat it in one life. Oh, I can beat it without getting hit. And now there's people who can beat it without using their sword. Yeah. Have you seen this? Like, they do what they call pacifist runs. Yeah. Or, uh, like, we're, we're trying to beat a Contra 3 for the Super Nintendo. And it's just like, I can get to, like, the last boss, but I just, I, I'm i not obsessive enough to, to actually get to Here comes the comments. It. Ethan can't beat Contra 3. Yeah. <laughs> Loser. I just haven't beaten it yet. So Contra 3 is harder than Contra. Uh, Contra three for this <laughs> dramatically harder, but um, uh, I saw a YouTube video of of these two guys beating it where they're both using the same controller. Yeah, <laughs> like that one was guy beautiful. What uses one guy they, was hitting one button and one guy was hitting yeah, the other. Yeah, one, guy was one using dude the, steers and the other guy does like the ABX. And they don't even use the special weapons, and they did it like I think on one life. Yeah, it was insane. without getting. I don't think I have touched. any friends that I like enough to want to <laughs> sit that close to them for that length of time. And they did it live yeah. in yeah. front of like a group of people yeah. who were paying to see it. And that's stuff crazy. Like that. Yeah, if you and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not the best. How much sweat equity went into that? Yeah, because that's just kind of creepy. I like that. Oh, just the, the deaths. Like, when I beat the Ninja Gaiden 3, that was, like, the big badge of honor when I was a kid. So right. If you could beat Ninja Gaiden 3, you were the man because it didn't have unlimited continues. And it's like, now people can beat it, you know, without using the sword. People can beat it holding the, the controller upside down and or, or using all these glitches and stuff yeah. like that. And it's like, all right. Sick. And, the, you know, the modern day equivalent of that franchise is now the Souls franchise, you know, Demon Souls, Dark yeah. Souls. Dark, you know. I, <laughs> I think I typed in to Google once because somebody was talking about Dark Souls. I'm like, I typed in, is Dark Souls? And Google suggested harder, harder than, Ninja, than Ninja, Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all the answers were no. no. <laughs> well, it is to me. I, I actually bought Dark Souls 3 a couple weeks ago. Or a few months ago now. And, the, the, the and uh, I, I right? played it for like an hour. And I was like, okay, I think I'm done with this. Yeah. Because... That game is harder than... Well, not only is it hard, but it's the concept of... It's kind of roguelike, right? So you you die, and then you go all the way the fuck back to the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? With half or less than half the health. Yeah. And you have to fight through all the shit that just killed you, but now you have way less resource to do it with. Yeah, and for me, that that goes back to the control thing, too. Like, you got to run constantly when you're fighting a boss in that game. Right. And, you know, so that takes up your left thumb... But you need to select your items with the D-pad. And you still need to look around yeah, to see where so, you are. So you're doing this weird, like, steering with your thumbs, looking around. Then you got your other fingers coming up. And you're, like, switching around. Like, <laughs> right. this is too much stress. Well, too especially much. The, the pace. Like, <clears throat> but then you like, see like, people who just, like, run through it. 
Yeah. It's like, a, I'm, like I, I'm a terrible person. It's like they say in basketball, the pace of play has changed so much. It's the same thing in video games. Like, yeah. you know, Mar- like even the easy games when we were kids, like Mario Brothers, you ran the whole time. Yeah, right. And Secret now in a game, like, you know, I've watched people play like, you know, things like, like Skyrim and stuff like that. And you just kind of take your time and like collect <laughs> books and sort your menu. You but then you read play- some lore for yeah. nine hours. You, you get some to, experience points for that. Yeah. <laughs> you go back to, to, to Dark Dark Souls and it, it seems like it's back to like the just... So, yeah, so yeah. Demon Souls was basically the entry for that and and considered still to be the hardest of, you know, the entire series. Oh. However, if you've played through them all, it's kind of like you recognize the formula. So hence that kind of logically makes sense that the newest one is easier sure. if you've played them all. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, going back to, say, you know, all of those old old school games, uh, Ninja Gaidens and, and, you know, whatever. And on top of just the, the mechanics of them being hard for what they are, the music in that kind of cool 8-bitty, 16-bitty fashion, it was always, I felt like it always inspired you to want to move forward because, you know, some of the pacing, oh, the music's picking up, yeah. oh, it's getting intense. It, that's oh, you know. about that in, yeah, we, in, we have that all the time when we're trying to figure out what tempo to play on. Like what we were talking about earlier, like the tempo for like Contra. Contra just, and it it's at a tempo that, it's stressful yeah. to just listen to. You're like, oh, I got to get going, man. I'm going to die. Yeah, the, I, we're wondering if like, if the tempo of the, the the game is dictating how fast the song is. Not not like that the song speeds up and slows down if you move slower, but I think that they, when they were playing it, they were just like, okay, the pace of the machine guns and stuff like that seems to work with this tempo of this song. Because, right. Because we were playing it slow, and then we played along with the game. Like, Jesus, it's just like... But we were going like... Right. The first time we played it, you know, and so... And I remember playing games, and I I wish I had thought about this ahead of time, but, you know, um, there used to be the timer, the timer element for games, right? It was a big thing, you know, beat the clock, and then as you get closer... Yeah, yeah, as you get closer to your death, (laughs) you know, yeah, Mario Brothers, absolutely, it's like, holy shit, the music's picking up, it's getting louder, it's getting faster, (laughs) and you're like... I'm fucking nowhere near this. It's just not going to happen <laughs> for me this die. time. Yeah, yeah pure panic I'm going to go ahead and just kill myself right now so I can start over. It's going to take a death here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Eight-bit suicide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. That's oh, another yeah. game we play. Is, uh, Brian, is, um, Brian is very good at some types of video games and very poor at others. <laughs> so we call it taking a death with Brian. Nice. <laughs> yeah, because we saw these speedrunners who, who were talking about, like, you. I guess you can... If you take a death at certain spots, it actually, like, I guess it warps you to a certain checkpoint. or It'll it, save you some pixels later or something. somehow manages to make make it quicker to play the game if you take a death. Right. So we have Brian. We're like, hey, Brian, why don't you play Ninja Gaiden? He'd be like, all right, I'm going to start off by, uh, I'm going to take, take a death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's my learning curve. I'm just going to yeah. take a death here on the, the first enemy. All right. So okay. now I know to, to the naked eye, be, uh, just not dying here would be advantages, but uh, it's Tetris, so I'm going to take a death. And <laughs> Yeah, was, That's uh, funny. Good times. No, man, I, it, the the music element of those old games, I, I, I think the one benefit of, you know, modern technology and social media and YouTube and, you know, all of a sudden there's people that are going back and reinterpreting stuff they remember from being kids. Yeah. yeah. And as musicians, the first thing a lot of people think is like, that, that soundtrack, I remember the soundtracks to these games. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, the number of people in your band, it's, to me, not only is it astounding that you coordinate all this stuff, but you have enough people who are of the same mindset, more or less, that you've clicked on a project that is that just kind of out of the ordinary. Yeah. Well, that that's the fun part about working with uh, with uh, proper musicians, I guess. We call. <laughs> uh, like, 
you know, an, an orchestral player or a, you know, a, a horn player, wind player, you just give them music and they can play it. Right. You know, um, yeah. guitar is so much more like there's a lot of improvising. There's a lot yeah. of ears, a lot of this and that, you know, we can read music, but I don't memorize by reading music. I memorize the songs by playing them or even hearing it or, you know, so some of the, some of the people, some of the horn section are like big time in the games. Like, like James is good at like modern games. Yeah. He's James amazing. is great at modern games. Like Halo yeah. three or four. I he's a Halo he just assassin. Destroyed his and, but you know, some of the old games just cause of his age, I mean, our band's pretty diverse in age too. I mean, I think James is the young one. James right? I think is the youngest and he's in his late twenties. I think who knows? They're, we're not friends. And the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Well, he did, he, he did, uh, temporarily have the nickname, uh, rad racer because rad we, we, we racer. Kept, yeah, we kept putting him all the, all these games. We put him on Ninja Gaiden, Mega Man and all this stuff. And, and did we it, post a video of him playing Ninja Gaiden to YouTube or anything? Yeah. Where he yelled at you or because oh. <laughs> you were like, we were, none of us were helping him except for Pat. And Pat's like, oh, your sword's longer than you think it is. And he's like, you know what, Pat? <laughs> As he's just dying repeatedly. Right. But we put him on, for whatever reason, Rad Racer is famously pretty difficult. Right. And we put him on Rad Racer. He'd never played it before. And he got to, like, level five, which is, like, I think I think there's only seven levels in the game. Right. His first try. First try ever. Yeah, yeah, so we were just calling him Rad Racer for a while. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think the next time he played it, he died a bunch of times. <laughs> right. But took he, a death. He had a magic yeah. time. Yeah, it took, it took a long death. But, but yeah, so, so I guess to get back to um, – a that the 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 people who aren't intimately familiar with the music from their childhood, like some of us are, just recognized it as being cool tunes, right? And yeah. thought it was a fun idea. And that's a a great thing about those old games is that you had this thirty second loop that you had to make an interesting bit of music, right? Like there's not very many successful old games with bad music. Yeah, it's kind of because you'll quit playing it. You're, right. You'll it's get like tired of that. Pong. And I, I even remember. <laughs> 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 you know, I just re I remember when the music the game stopped entertaining me. Right. And that's when I started listening to music while gaming, and I would just you know. So there's certain. You know, I just remember it was what was it it was a uh, was it like two rock. Yeah. T-Rock Dinosaur Hunter was the first game I remember. God, for the N64. Yeah, yeah. Me and my buddies were playing it, and we just, I didn't, we weren't thinking about it. We just threw on other music. And now, uh, whenever I hear the Godzilla soundtrack from that Godzilla movie, I think of T-Rock. I think yeah. I started doing the same thing. It's like, you know, I'd be like playing, <clears throat> if I was playing a PlayStation game, like if I was playing like a, like, I don't know, Metal Gear or something like that, I I would put on, you know, Satrion or Dream Theater or something yeah. like that while I was playing instead of listening to music. Well, but, and that was the cool thing. Remember when the original Xbox came out? Yeah, the, you the could thing was you could, you could install yeah. your CDs onto the hard yeah. drive. Yeah. I put my, my, yeah. my, uh, my other band's yeah, that uh, was, album on there. Uh, I was playing game-changing, for lack of a better <laughs> way to put it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. And uh, But you mentioned Turok, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. And then they rebooted it, and it was ass. Yeah. I mean, it was just yeah. it was garbage. But, but yeah. I, I don't know if it's there's any weight to it, but... I kind of, my theory is that I think they've started scoring modern games more like how they they score movies. So so they're like movies. Game budgets are on par, they're if insane, not higher though. than some Movie. some movie budgets. And in fact, you talked about RPGs a few minutes ago. Um, you know, uh, like an Elder Scrolls title is like a seven eight year development cycle. Yeah. So and there's you know they spend seven years developing. It? So oh, yeah. yeah, I mean Skyrim Jeez. came out. Skyrim came out like six seven years ago. You know. And it's it's crazy. So and uh, 
the, the number of people involved for just, you know, the initial development. And then you have localization for all of the places that it goes out to. But yeah, I mean, these are huge scores, you know, like John Williams level, you know, uh, symphonies that, that are getting involved in, in games now. And they have like movie directors getting on board to direct movies and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. um, Guillermo del Toro is uh, working on a project um, with uh, Norman Reedus. Um, oh. and it was going to be a Silent Hill game and that fell through and evolved into, I believe what's now called Death Stranding, which is still a few years down the road. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, this is, I don't know what his salary he's taken for this game. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's huge, you know and I mean? They, they, it was going to be a Konami project previously, but now it's not because, you know, Konami and Hideo Kojima had a, uh, they had a big falling out. Yeah, they're not friends anymore. So. <laughs> well, Guillermo, Guillermo's great. I just saw um, his new movie, uh, The Shape of Water. Shape of Water, yeah. I just went awesome. and saw that. Yeah, yeah that was fantastic. So I couldn't Hawkins. stop thinking of Creature from the Black Lagoon, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, and I, I watched Hellboy 2 the other night. And yeah. I was like, it's kind of funny. It's like he got Abe back in That's the awesome. movie, you know. But, I was waiting for Ron Perlman to show up, just fucking <laughs> like a cameo or something. Just put him in there somewhere. So, Sophie Hawkins was great, man. Like, yeah. she did do that whole so movie. So, should I so. watch that movie? Oh, absolutely. You should. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Keep yeah. an open mind. Yeah. Because yeah. some people really hated it because of like the imagery and stuff, but I thought it was fantastic. Really? Yeah. I, man, that's I hear, I hear that a lot. I just, it's I, my new favorite movie. You know, in. <laughs> well said. Bring. Um, but yeah, it's a the the scoring is changing these things because I feel like uh, um, the old games like they were so limited with the sound um, that they had to make the melodies really strong. Right. Whereas now a lot of it's you know the world's so big and there's so many hours that they have to come up with this atmospheric kind of just like a, a pad sound on a synth. Yeah. That can be interesting enough while they explore the world of Halo or whatever. That's crazy. But uh, the old loops, you know, especially for playing something like like. Like uh, Castlevania, sometimes Castlevania, the loops are only like 25 seconds long and you will play it three times and the song is only a minute and a half, you know? Right. But if you're playing something for the Super Nintendo, like Secret of Mana, the loop will be like a minute and 45 seconds or something like that. So if you play it twice, you're looking at almost four minutes. Yeah. Or three minutes. That's probably the biggest challenge we have. Is making a song longer than two minutes. Yeah, so sometimes we have to come up with medleys. Um, and uh, we've Medleys said, are fun. We've been at the end of a medley and like, drenched in sweat. And like, how long was that? We're like three minutes and 20 seconds. You're <laughs> like, oh, are you kidding man. me? We just played seven songs. <laughs> yeah. but, um, so a medley being you're taking individual compositions and kind of working them into yeah, one, well, one master composition, right? Yeah, we've done it a couple different ways. We're but. trying to. I think the ultimate goal is with is to play a game. Right. You know, and so right, Castlevania is probably the, two, the the series that we've got the most music out of. And at the end, the long game is that we want to make it, okay, we're playing Castlevania 1. And then we're just going to play the soundtrack to that game and fit it all into one um, one piece of music. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, so that we don't have to be like, okay, well, here's, the, here's level 1. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, no, level one stopped. Time for level two. <laughs> Vinny, Vinny is great at Plus, that Plus, then that locks you in chronologically. If you ever want to play that, then you kind of have to make them in a specific order to yep. make sense to people. Whereas if it's one big composition, you kind of noodle with it however you want. Yeah, yeah. and you really, start to, you really start to learn how far a lot of people have gotten in games. 
because <laughs> they stop recognizing. Yeah, yeah. Like with um, Eric was joking about that. Like we were, when we learned Waterfall from Contra, he's like, "I've never heard this song." Yeah, and I'm like, "It's level three. He's like, "I never got to level three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, like, what do you mean? Like, like yeah, I just never got there. This so. is the first boss battle in Demon Souls. I didn't get that far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I quit there. Yeah, uh, I know the opening cinematic. That's pretty much how far I've gotten in Dark Souls. I know that it was. Yeah, Dark Souls three. I got to the first. Like the practice boss, yeah. And I was like, "Come on, man! I think I know there's a trick to this. I'm not looking. I'm not looking it up. I'm not cheating." Okay, I'm gonna try a different game. I also bought yeah. Mega Man. Let's play that. I, I think Ninja Turtles is like that. The original Nintendo. The yeah. original. Yeah. Are you talking about the 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 console version or yeah, the, the stand-up arcade version? The, oh, they're both great. But the one for Nintendo had yeah, a lot the, of cool, the side scroller. It had a lot of cool. To, well, it had a lot of overhead yeah. uh, uh, stuff too. Like you'd have the map, and then you oh, go the swimming level. part. Yeah. Where, yeah, And nobody could get past the swimming level, so yeah. they didn't know any of the songs. You know, from the techno drum and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that. Go, uh, Ghost yeah. and the Goblins, I think, is like that. Ninja Gaiden's probably like that for a lot of. People. Oh yeah, I bet there's. Um, people don't know what level three sounds like on Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't get to level three in Ninja Gaiden until you basically sat there and said, okay, you're going to beat Ninja Gaiden today. I'm like, I don't want to beat Ninja Gaiden today. No, you're going to beat Ninja Gaiden today. We, we invented a fun challenge. He to, hijacked you and basically fucking force fed it to we you. We didn't have anything to do. We were just sitting around. He's like, when's the last time you beat Ninja Gaiden? Like, never. There <laughs> you go. We're playing. And we, we'll, we'll have these uh, challenges to see how long you can play before you swear. Right. Yeah. And and yeah. Well, I swear as I'm putting the cartridge in the yeah, machine, I'm, like, oh, I'm like, fucking cartridge. What am I doing to myself? <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, those, those, they're still so much fun. I, I, I never get tired of them. You know, I, yeah. like I said, I tried to keep up with the modern systems. Like, I, I think the most modern system I have I, is I have a 360. Uh-huh. Um, and how old is that? Like, what, 10 years? Uh, or like 12, that? almost 13 years. The 360 is 13 yeah, years man. old? Oh, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I get the time. It came out in 2005. And he wonders why why he, like, keep breaking on him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, that's the funny thing. Well, it's got about. these really pretty red lights. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I've, I still have, uh, I've had the same Super Nintendo for, like, I don't know, 25 years or something mm-hmm. like that. Same Nintendo. They all still work. I have now it's had. It's full of spit. Between my <laughs> Xbox, my normal it's Xbox and weapon. 360, I've had five of them. Yeah. And I don't play them a ton. I use, mostly use them as a DVD player. Right. <laughs> but, like, uh, it's it's heartbreaking when you've spent, like, you know, hundreds of hours on Ninja Gaiden Black, which is insanely difficult. Right. And then the Xbox just locks Takes up. Takes a shit on you. Yeah. Like, Peace. Good luck on the next I'm, one. I'm glad I spent hundreds of hours unlocking. Let me wrap this around a towel again and uh, <laughs> try to get the, the motherboard to sink itself again. That's, there's so many homebrew recipes for fixing a, I heard a broken something 360. With a penny. Oh, like, yeah. You can, uh, you can actually solder like coins <laughs> to certain parts of the motherboard to, <laughs> to get the connections to work again. Oh, People will wrap towels around them to People get them geniuses. to overheat. And then the overheating actually resolders connections oh, to the yeah, board yeah, yeah and it actually works yeah that that that's actually a thing um you can even put like cpus and stuff if you throw them in the microwave or in an oven it's about, well yeah who doesn't do that though yeah obviously normal <laughs> stuff. yeah hey baby can you take that taco out of there i need to get i really computer. gotta bake <laughs> my <laughs> cpu real quick if you know what i mean the fun yeah. I, I liked how <laughs> the, wow if you did you have an Nerds. original playstation i did with the dish tray mm-hmm. like how you have to like you can 
to hit the button, start it up, and then it wouldn't work unless you flipped it upside down. You flip down. it upside down. And, yeah. yeah. And like I don't button. know how that even logically makes sense. I, I must the, be the, the luckiest late... person with consoles. I've never had a problem with consoles. Well, now that we have uh, basically illustrated that to the gods of broken consoles, you're <laughs> I know. pretty screwed. Yeah, you're going go, to go home. You're going to load up your uh, copy of Battle of Olympus for the NES. <laughs> that's a hard game. Goes. Dude, that's like my favorite. That's my favorite old that school game. a blast. You know what's also a tangent of tangents, I know, but um, some of those old games, no maps. Oh, right? no. No. Good luck fucking yeah. remembering where you were. And, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I'm oh, walking off the Metroid, screen. Where every level looks identical <laughs> yeah. except for a different color. Oh, man. Did you ever play the... Uh, the Lord of the Rings game for Super Nintendo? I did. Oh. They only did one, right? They, because it wasn't a success. That's all they could do. Yeah. Uh, that you had a map, success. but it was basically a picture of the map from the book. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, and, and, and then the, the steering was like in um, Shadowgate, where forward or up uh, was always Shadowgate. forward, but it wasn't actually like north or south or anything. So you... Oh, man. I, me and my buddies played that game for hours and got nowhere. I remember taking... Like old school D and D style, where I'm taking sheets of graph paper <laughs> as I'm playing these games, and I'm trying to draw myself a map as I go. And then, lo and behold, thirty something years later, this game comes out called Atrian Odyssey for like the DS. And the whole concept of this game was with your stylus, you have to draw your own map. <laughs> and it was like a super hardcore dungeon grindy, really high difficulty level. Oh. And if you forgot to take a note on something, you were screwed. Oh, hey, there's a chest here. Uh, and, and you would have to remember where everything is. Oh and then God. I'm like, man, this is just like back in the old days. Original Zelda. Yep. Good luck finding that oh, stuff yeah. again. You yeah, know? everybody had their, their Zelda map and their, uh, oh, what was another good one? Oh, you know Metroid. You know? Yeah. You know what's really funny is um, like when I was a kid, I thought the Zelda map was huge. Yeah. And it's itty bitty. Yeah. Well, and so now that you've played it a <laughs> million times, all the way across. Yeah, you can get you... to like the, the Death Mountain in like thirteen screens. Yeah. <laughs> you know? My buddy's grandma Something beats like that. that game every day. <laughs> oh, I had a friend like that in Orlando. Yeah. His his his, uh, his grandma could beat the game like in twenty minutes, and she yeah. just did that every day. Oh yeah, it's. I think maybe you told me about it then. Because yeah. uh, that she's like, did you know you can get the Ganon without a sword? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember the him, the old uh, Sierra PC game like King's Quest. You'd walk across the screen, and then you get so many screens in, and then all of a sudden you're back on the screen you started on. Oh right! It's a total. They're flat earthers back then. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're just not going to end. Sorry, man. It's That's all crazy, just a man. constant loop. So, yeah. so yeah. With um, as far as uh, what you guys are doing now, um, I mean, are you? I know that you play shows. Um, yeah, we've we've been um, focusing on on recording right now. Right, um, which yeah, I'm looking at your super awesome. Everybody can see my hands doing this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Imagine well, if you will. He's a pant- recording he's, console. He's pantomiming and he's <laughs> naked. Yeah. No. It's uh, so the recording element of this. I mean, now another quick side tangent. I'm I'm familiar with with Ethan because of the janitors of chaos, which um, we talked about on a previous show. And so getting a vibe for the level of just what you guys dig into um, on some, some of these projects with the musicians that I've, I've come across like y'all, I'm guessing this is a fairly intricate body of work to get not only the number of people to record, but the, the level of detail to get the songs right to the source. Yes. So this is, we tried it doesn't help that we're all kind of perfectionists right. on this so 
uh, right off the bat, we tried to record a quick demo. Okay. So um, any corner I could cut, I cut. And, and as and we uh, talked about off air before we started, yeah. uh, Pat, you're recording everything yourself, right? You're yeah. more or less responsible for the... Yeah, I'm doing all the production engineering mixing stuff okay um button pushing yeah yeah i'm the button pusher guy cool and um so initially we thought well maybe it'll be easier to record the horns as a group and just get them in you know a lot of cool motown stuff to do that way and worked on paper uh yeah Yeah, that could have also been a cool band name (laughs) (laughs) but uh i found that 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 became harder and harder um and then so i was like okay well let's pare it down let's do it in twos or threes or something so and then it just kind of came oh we got to dig in so um luckily as we kind of talked about before the songs are short (laughs) so it's not like we're getting people to hit a five minute tune, you know, so, um, we're doing them in small chunks. So initially the idea was to do three songs at a time. Uh, but you start with the drums and Will came in and we had three scratch tracks ready for him and he knocked those out in like three takes. Oh, Will's he's a machine. And then like, he's yeah. like, Hey, he's we should do another song. I'm like, well, we don't have scratch tracks for him. I don't need scratch tracks. Just throw the click on. And so we hammered out and then, uh, yeah, that's the list of the tunes we do in. And uh, that's my Pro Tools click impression, by the way. It's right on. (laughs) And so, yeah, now we just kind of work out a time where, you know, whoever can come in, we'll record them doing each tune, you know, once or twice. And the the players in this band are so, so damn good. So it's not like you're doing a million takes necessarily. No, it's not that arduous. I mean, especially, I mean, it's actually more my end a lot of times just getting it to sound right, right more than it is their performances. I mean, yeah, there's a, the there's a few spots where like maybe I'm like, okay, well, I missed that you were a slight amount flat on that one, so we'll nudge it. But auto tune it, yeah, just this goes, <laughs> you know, because um, because again, we're playing instruments that don't go together, right? When when you have a clarinet player playing a high note. And you play that exact same note on a guitar. They're the same note technically, right? But they're not the same frequency because they're not perfectly dialed. Well, in. they have different timbres. Yeah, and, everything and too, so, so like, there's a lot of times if if Ethan and I are playing like on the fifteenth or seventeenth fret of the high E string, we'll have to like pitch it because guitars aren't in tune up there. They're, right, it's just kind of an imperfect instrument, and then. Trumpets and clarinets, they're all imperfect instruments too. So in order to get it all sound good, that's the hardest part is the, actually being in tune. And these right. these players are so good. It's I think there's only one time we had to have uh, – well, Brian came in twice. That's because he does two instruments. So we had him do his bass, his bass clarinet first and then his regular clarinet. And James, James did his Barry sax, and actually he hurt his hand, so we're waiting on him to get healed up um, so he can do his alto. And then all we have left is guitars after that. And that's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. There's some other adjustments. We, like, yeah. so, you know, sometimes uh, we have to kind of dial back on articulation. Like, so if we're doing like, you know, you know that doesn't always work. Right. Uh, some stuff, sometimes it sounds great because the, the, with the differentiation, but right. sometimes it just makes things sound a little sloppy or out of tune. So you have to figure out like, should I just play the note straight or should I add a little bit of... Add a little uh, bit of... success? Yeah, that's a frass. Yeah, so that that's basically it. It's just time consuming, and um, but it's it's uh, one of my passions is recording. I just find it so fun. And, and, and so is the goal, at least as far as the the recording aspect, to to put out an album. Yeah, 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. we've got um, was it six or seven tunes? Uh, yeah, you guys have this. Uh, about eight. We've got about eight tunes. One, two, three, four, five, six. So yeah, there's this. Yeah. They have this uh, in their studio. There's this this whiteboard uh, that's basically uh, looks like some kind of a a player map <laughs> of something, but it's got all these songs on there that they're working on. So. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, you can see that there's a lot of empty spaces for J.M. <laughs> James. And then uh, there's none for Ethan or Patrick, so we've yeah. got all of our stuff to do. Um, yeah, man, it's a blast. You just come in here and hang out. And whoever wants to show up can show up, and we just kind of make it as chill as possible. Just plug it in whenever you're available. Come on down. Yeah, and, and I, I've paid in, in previous bands, I've paid... I think we paid like ten or eleven thousand dollars to record a sure. an album for one week, and so it's just this stressful event that you're like, okay, I'm practiced up. Then Probably you get there and nothing works. Nothing works the yeah, way you, you want know. it to go. So I've always wanted just my own studio where I could go at my own pace. If I didn't like something, I could just undo it, right? And I wouldn't have to worry about losing five hundred dollars because I had a studio that day. So uh, this is kind of this has been pushing me to get that dream fulfilled. So right. that's kind of what was my goal for 2018 personally was to get my studio up and running a lot better. So <laughs> yeah, and, and the band there it is. self-sustains yeah. pretty well. I mean, half the band is music teachers. The other half is a uh, repair technicians and then, you know, past the recording genius. So we got everything covered. Yeah. yeah. Loosely. How does it work? Just personal curiosity. You push the button. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Man, there goes 20 years of my life. <laughs> Pro Tools just, just fixes it for you. I uh, know. Spacebar? Spacebar? Yeah. Spacebar. <laughs> um, uh, as far as licensing goes, are there legalities involved in, in rearranging this stuff? Or? I don't know. Uh, we're not sure how that works yet. <laughs> Should I delete that question? <laughs> no, no, actually. <laughs> well, if but, somebody knows, shoot us an email. That'd yeah, be right. awesome. Because um, we've seen bands putting out I mean, Yeah, all the bands time, do it all the time, so there's got to be a work hole. Oh, a work hole. Uh, a loophole workaround. But we just uh, don't get any published. Creative Commons, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. get paid for it. Yeah. And, yeah, who knows? I mean, and if they want to, you know, come after a, a lowly band for making some stuff, that's... Okay. It's a tribute. It's yeah, a tribute yeah. album. What are they going to take from us? Yeah, <laughs> so we, we, we take, we take, take my birthday away. We do take some so. liberties with some stuff. So a lot of them are uh, like you know. I think we've done a lot of arranging on stuff like Secret of Mana, where sure. it's like, yeah, it, it does have the original melody and stuff like that. But sometimes we write completely new stuff in there. You know. Um. So recording aside, you guys play in shows. Um, yep. Coming from wherever the hell you guys all come from, um, how often do you get to rehearse together? And then how often have you gone out and played a show and you guys hadn't seen each other in who knows how long? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Uh, so when we're not recording, it's it's pretty much weekly. Okay. Um, we, we were for a while doing like the full ensemble every week. Uh, we started realizing it wasn't always necessary, you know, to have everybody here, you know, um, like, you know, Will is so on that he doesn't really need to, to see us every week to, to, to kill it. Right. Um, it's just because he knows these songs so well and he's such a great drummer. Uh, but for a lot of us, you know, sometimes not everybody's familiar with the tunes, so they have to hit them a little more frequently, not because of any inability, but just because they don't know the material that well. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I try, I like to, I need a lot of practice. I'm one of those people that I need to practice every day, you know, um, 
partially for nerves. Just... His guitar's in his hand right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, he's the, he's the Jimmy. You're Jimmy Hendrix, like you're walking around town with your guitar oh, yeah, strapped yeah, to your back. And, yeah, he I, never I feel, doesn't have his guitar. I feel naked him. if I don't have a guitar. Yeah. Back, really? So. Yeah, yeah, nobody even gives me a hard time about it anymore. That's when I was funny. younger, they'd be like, can you leave the guitar at home? I'd be like, I can stay at home with my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you can come to my house. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but, it's um, an inspiration to how lazy every other guitar player is. I just, I, I just need it. It's like a security blanket or something. But, I uh, practiced for five minutes last month. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Not Killed in a row. It. Killed Not in a row. Yeah, no, no. That was spread out over the course of 24 hours. Yeah. I've tried to go. I've made it two days without practicing before. Yeah. yeah before I'm just like. Were you like, like strapped I, into a bed somewhere and couldn't get up or. I get really, really antsy, yeah. really anxious. Yeah. Him and I have totally different relationships with our guitars. Mine, he needs his constantly and I need mine enough to realize that I need to work at it. Yeah. Like if I get comfortable playing something, then I get lazy. So it kind of helps me to take take some time off from playing. And once I come back, I don't know. It kind of feels where my 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 starting point is, mm-hmm. and just kind of knowing, okay, I got my chops are here, good enough. But when the gig's coming up, I need more. Right. I, I just play enough to stave off the self loathing. So <laughs> just trying to keep the dark thoughts away. Yeah. How uh, how often are you guys playing shows? Uh, when, when we're not recording, it's, it's at least once a month, I'd say. Once a month, once every couple months, usually. Yeah. Um, we had a good run where it was like every three, four weeks for, for a while. Yeah. And then we decided to re refocus on recording. Yeah. Once we get this, this finished, we'll be able to hop back into practicing and everything. But, uh, we've got a few, we're uh, nothing official enough to say, but we've got a handful of things in the mix for early summer. Yeah. To do a new another gig. The the big challenge is actually just fitting us on a stage. Yeah. I mean, we've we've played the high dive a few times down in the Fremont area and it works out, but it's like sardine can, you yeah. know. Um you're sharing a controller at that point. Yeah. It's, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Pat Pat, uh Eric and myself, we're we're kind of the rambunctious uh, uh moving around types. And so it's it can be a little t- difficult on a stage like the high, and a high dive is a good stage. It's just ten people's ten people, you know? right? So yeah. you're kind of like going like, oh, excuse me. I think one time, <laughs> I think it was either the high dive or uh, maybe it was the, was the, the sunset, sunset where yeah. like I tried to turn around and knocked off the sheet music, <laughs> the very sax player, and he's going like, oh, oh shit, <laughs> yeah. And I'm going, oh, I'm sorry, I had to. Because they're to- reading their music on on stage, they don't, they're not yeah. committing yeah. the songs to memory. Well, that's another that's another difference between like guitar players and and wind players is. Uh, Guitar players grow up memorizing music. That's, that's how we learn to play is you right. just memorize it. And, you know, and to be fair, I mean, you know, the horn players, they play their instrument all day long because they're teachers. Right. You know, the, that's what they do constantly. So memorizing, having the time to memorize all the tunes, you know, whatever, when you can just sit and look at it and <laughs> play it. What a luxury. But, uh, yeah, if somebody ever put a piece of music in front of my face and said, here, fucking play this. Yeah, this is for you. This is what you got to do today. I would just turn around and leave and I wouldn't say a word. I'd I just be it. like, so that's the joke. How do you get a guitar player to stop soloing? Is you put sheet music, put in, front sheet music in front of him? <laughs> it's totally yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it. What do you mean? Tablature is not sheet music? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> good <laughs> enough for me. Doesn't tablature predate sheet music? It does, yeah. Because yeah. the yeah. lute. Tablature was the first to- uh, guitar music. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So it's legit, guys. Stop telling me it's yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. dicks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> how you learn it? They're, they're, they both have their strengths. You know, if you're right. trying to learn, uh, you know, if you're trying to learn uh, Bohemian Rhapsody's guitar solo, a tablature is honestly better 
than than the notation, in my opinion, because some of the rhythms are. I just woke up one day and I knew it. A little weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, just natural. Osmosis. Self-taught, no lessons. Thank, Thank you, you Dad. <laughs> but the, in, learning the the fingerings that Brian may actually use, right? It's better in the tablature. If you use the notation, you might play everything in the wrong position and not get the sure. articulation there. You know. But uh, but the notation definitely helps. That's I always the most it. technical discussion I've ever had on the show. By the way, just so you know. <laughs> oh, we'll go. Oh yeah, <laughs> we will. We will redig the rabbit hole. But uh, <laughs> but notation is definitely great. I mean, I always equate it to it's kind of like having all of the ingredients uh, in like making a cake. Right. But you don't know like how long you're supposed to cook it for, or like how long to preheat the oven, or something like that, mm-hmm. or the amounts right. to use. You know, yeah. so. They're they're both great. They both have their strengths. Yeah. You know? I sure. tell my students it's just two dialects. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you if you want to learn how to communicate with a piano player, you need to know standard notation. If you just want to play guitar, then just learn tap. Right. <laughs> and what do you tell somebody who wants to learn how to play an Gaiden too? Just uh, take patience. a death here. And, uh, <laughs> just take a death. Just patience. It's really just yeah. uh, honestly a lot of patience. Um, and uh, you just gotta you take it just beat by beat. We'll help you. Yeah. 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 You mean learn to play the game or the music? <laughs> the game. Oh, oh yeah. the game? Come on oh, over. You'll come over. We are the it. best teachers <laughs> on how to play Ninja Guide. Just nice. More spike. It's it's a uh, it's just <laughs> more, constant more spike, more liver killing energy drinks. Constant I think we, I think we've literally tried that as advice. It's like I cannot get past this boss. I'm like, have we had a spike yet? It's like just two. <laughs> have you tried three? <laughs> it's one step away from a crack dealer, just so you I know. know. We, uh, are, we are working on Have you tried this string? Trying to get endorsements. No. Endorsement Spike for life. Yeah. Spike for life. But, uh, Spike yeah, man, that, that's one of our favorite <laughs> things to do to, uh, you know, new friends or even bandmates is we'll just have them play games and then we heckle the hell out of them. Yeah. <laughs> Tell yeah. them what worthless pieces of shit they are. Yeah. Oh, man, you can't, you suck. You can't, you can't hang out here anymore. You're out of the band, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm better at the dishing it out thing. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Playing Base Wars with Pat is definitely traumatizing when he's <laughs> screaming at me like, pain drain's coming. <laughs> oh, we gotta find. We'll we'll send you the link to that. Is it? We, I think it's on our Instagram. Yeah, we live streamed that. That was pretty fun. Oh, oh yeah, I'm God. definitely gonna want to get some of those, uh, some of that stuff for for the pages, and we'll post it up there as well. So, yeah. what's uh, what's the ultimate goal for Harder Than Contra? Do you guys work towards an end? Or? You know, we'd we'd really like to play things. That, you know, I think we were ideal for like Comic Con and, mm-hmm. and things. Like oh that God, sure. dude, that'd yeah. be fucking amazing. Play those types yeah. of things. That that's kind of the. The big goal is just play those types of venues because uh, so far, you know, we love playing anywhere. Right. But the, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, I took it completely for granted uh, the first being kind of the, the MC front guy of the of the band. Um, the first show I did that, I didn't tell anybody what we were. Yeah, and after I got fired from that position for, for saying, saying all the, the wrong, wrong names. Band name. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I, uh, our first gig, I was talking, and uh, I, first of all, forgot everybody's name as I was announcing it. Wah, wah. While being heckled. And then, uh, and then I called us the janitors of chaos. <laughs> for the janitors of chaos. I mean, luckily, it was a big auditorium, so nobody could really understand what I was saying. Right. And, uh, so it, just, I, it just went up to the rafters. So yeah. it, was a short, it. it was a short yeah. career before they're like, oh, so Pat's going to talk for us from now on. <laughs> all right. Fine. Yeah, and uh, but the, the first one I did, I didn't tell anybody what we were, and I heard somebody go, are they playing video game music up there? <laughs> oh, yeah, we play music from video games. Rad, <laughs> you know, like just a random downtown show. I mean, and they used the word rad. They did so, say yeah. rad. I believe that was I'm quoting. I think it was a, a, a choir of rad. But we don't play smooth jazz. 
<laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, we retired. We had one show we years with jazz actors. <laughs> we well, did. if you got a, uh, a soprano sax player in your band, you could have that Kenny G kind of thing going I on, mean, too. We got a guy. <laughs> I got a guy. <laughs> we got a guy on nice. call with all the saxes. So, um, you guys got anything coming up that you want to plug? Just this album. It's yeah. going to be coming out soon, I swear. Yeah. Soon. Soon. Well, soon in musician language means when the next Elder Scrolls game comes sure, out. Yeah, yeah, we're we're right on pace. Uh, <laughs> we were on we're on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how, how do that. people get a hold of you? How do they follow your stuff? Where Fa- do they find Facebook's you? Facebook's a great way to go. Uh, Facebook.com slash harder than contra. We're on Twitter, uh, although it's harder than contra. Without the A. The, yeah, there's not enough letters to, to get this harder is than true. Uh, <laughs> we got we got a bunch of stuff on it, a bunch of cool videos on Instagram. We tried to you know, I'll, everyone saw a post like if somebody has a high score on the band uh, like Will destroyed Resident Evil oh too. dude he, like, Will, he Will's it. a Resident Evil psycho he got like, me to play Resident Evil 7 that's a fun I think his time I have like, it in VR it's fucking ridiculous I, I crapped myself yeah. playing that game it's so awesome it, it played in VR and oh. you'll crap yourself twice yeah. yeah put on the plastic sheets when you're playing it on VR yeah. 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 I think Will's time in Resident Evil 2 I think is like world worthy it's like top yeah, oh, Will's crazy like good at Resident Evil. No, so speaking of Resident Evil. We had some stars. <laughs> we had some fun competitions like that. We did a show where uh, we offered a free t-shirt to anybody that could beat Will at Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah. Or that could beat me at Street Fighter 2. Nice. And our, our t-shirt supply stayed just fine. <laughs> so not only are you guys uh, recording musicians, playing musicians, touring musicians, you're also competitive gamers in your own right. We, in your, we, we try. In your and own I little club. I think a handful of us actually do have some pretty good yeah. claims to fame in the video game world. I mean, uh, Ethan's probably the best Street Fighter 2 player I know. I got one other guy that I want to put him up against. Uh, you see, the, my big weakness with Street Fighter 2 is I'm not as good at every character as some of the, the yeah. competitive guys. They can beat with Dolcim or yeah. Zangief. But Will's, I, crazy, I with, Will's crazy good at Mortal Kombat. Um, you, my, beat, you beat Final Fantasy VII with just the Buster Sword, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's kind of my thing. And <laughs> I, beat, I beat Super Metroid in under 50 minutes once. That's crazy. <laughs> that Speed fun. runs. Yeah. That's what they're known for. So I did it in 1999. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> 19, I don't even remember 1999. I made my own map, nerds. Isn't that a print song? 1999. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I think I was listening to that. I missed that guy. Oh man! So uh, well, we're definitely we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on what you guys are doing. Um, we'll post some links up on the uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, we'll uh, yeah, send me some other links for for your yeah. videos. We got we do have some stuff on YouTube as well. Yeah. Um, actually, there's a lot of great videos. YouTube's buddy, probably the best place to just check us out right now. Yeah, right. You just type in harder than contra. There's there's a bunch of killer videos. Um, Go buddy, on their super active SoundCloud page. Yeah, um, oh, if, you want, <laughs> if you yeah. want to get the uh, Final Fantasy VI. Uh, yeah, going on there. Mm-hmm. Our, our buddy Thomas shot a bunch of killer uh, live videos of, of our shows. We got at, some good videos at, at the at the high dive, so you can see us playing Ninja Guide and our Final Fantasy VII and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. And the, these these uh, tracks, I now that we're up and running studio wise, I, I you know I'm thinking next couple months. Hopefully they'll be ready for release. Awesome. Now I just gave us a hard deadline. Yeah. So now no pressure. No pressure. And then when I get into post, then I actually change the date to like next week. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming up <laughs> next week. Next week. <laughs> yeah. That's his voice. I swear yeah. to God. That's so. totally what he sounds like. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, I think that's a show. I appreciate you letting me invade your space. Uh, no this has Thanks been awesome. I am really looking forward to hearing uh, what you guys got. Um, so I know 
you're gonna give me the super advanced copies. Dude, we'll get we'll get you hooked up before <laughs> I know before I have one. Awesome. So uh, want to thank the janitors of chaos again for letting me. <laughs> oh, did <laughs> I do it too? Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to uh, Harder Than Contra for uh, hanging out here on the edge, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. See you later. Man, such a fun episode. I can't tell you how fun that episode was. I hope y'all enjoyed the episode. If you've heard it before, I hope you enjoyed the revisit. And if you hadn't heard it before, well, congratulations. Your life is now better because of it. I hope you guys continue to follow Harder Than Contra on all of their social media sites, which I will post on the Misery Point Facebook page so you can check it out for yourself. Cool videos, cool links. Just an awesome, cool band. And as always, don't forget, you can subscribe to Misery Point Radio on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, and on iHeartRadio. And coming soon, of course, to all of those fancy podcatcher-type things. Then don't forget to check out the website, miserypointradio.podbean.com. Send me an email, miserypointradio at gmail.com. And of course, look for Misery Point Radio on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Please, feel free, send me a message. Who do you want to hear? Who do you want to see? And if you're an artist or a musician or an entertainer and you want to come on the show, let me know. I'd love to have you on. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time.